Breakups and divorce can be extremely painful, lonely, and confusing. But I believe your breakup can be your biggest breakthrough. I'm Lindsay Ellison, author, coach, speaker, and single mom of two awesome young men. Welcome to a podcast about finding joy and inner peace after a breakup. You may not be able to see what's on the other side yet, but I promise if you do the healing work, your life will transform in ways you never thought possible. Welcome to Unbreakable You. Well, hey there. Today, it's just you and me. I'm not interviewing anyone, and sometimes I like to do these solo casts where I can dive deeper into topics that perhaps not other coaches in my field often talk about. So today we are going to talk about yourself and taking a look at the difference between your authentic self and your adapted self. You may have heard a lot about your authentic self, but I bet you have no idea there's actually an adapted version of you. And you might be surprised to hear how much you operate from your adapted self versus your authentic self. So your authentic self is who you really are. It's the gifts you were born with. It's your true personality. Perhaps you were a vivacious child or maybe you were a shy child. But no matter your personality, it was authentic to who you really are. But when your personality begins to develop around the age of four or five, it must learn how to thrive or survive within the family system you were raised. But if that personality doesn't align with other members of your family or with your caregivers, it will quickly adapt in order to please others, avoid conflict, or in toxic families, it will adapt significantly because your survival is being threatened or you perceive it to be threatened. So as children, we adapt to our parents' expectation of us so that we remain, quote, protected and or loved. And so for many of us, these adaptations were actually a matter of life and death, especially if we were in an abusive family or an emotionally abusive family. In order to give perspective around this, I'm going to use myself as an example. So when I was a kid, I was vivacious, outgoing, and really creative. I loved to dance and sing and act. And before my mother died when I was six years old, my memory of it is that I felt those aspects of of me were very celebrated and nurtured. I was in dance class and I used to always love to perform in front of my mom. And as a mom, from my memory, she, she always celebrated that and always encouraged me to keep going. But then my mother died when I was six. And many of you know the story, but in case you're new, uh, she died when I was in a car accident. And ironically and oddly that, you know, she, I was driving to ballet practice with her and we were hit by an ambulance and we were, uh, ki- she was killed and I was very injured. So it's interesting that so many aspects of my, of my authentic self created this massive trauma in my life. And so after my mom died, my dad really didn't know what to do with me. Um, looking back, I wonder if it was because I was into dancing and then the dancing and all of that actually created this car accident. I always wondered 
if there was some kind of subconscious resentment towards my personality. Now, if I were to ask him today, he would have no idea what I'm talking about. But these are the things as a coach that I probably look too deeply into. But anyway, moving forward, when I, you know, was around six, seven, eight years old, my father would often put me down or tried to quiet me. He, I felt as though, he, you know, I, I was a real burden to him. And he just didn't have that personality to nurture my creativity. He's not a creative guy. He doesn't have that outgoing personality in him. He was raised by two English uh, you know, stoic parents, and he just didn't have that personality. So my personality and his personality were completely not in alignment. So I don't know what was going on in his adult life, but in my world as a kid, I picked up that my authentic self or those aspects of my authentic self had no value. And that's a big word, value. And I'm going to visit that in a second. So I also understood that in order for me to get attention from him, I had to be like him, which is the opposite of who I really was. Or if I couldn't be like him, I would definitely need to feel seen. And in order for me to feel seen is if I took care of him. I didn't know it then, but I look back at this now and I really think that I subconsciously tried to be the wife he didn't have, even at a really young age. And so when we start to depart from our authentic selves and we start taking on a role that is larger than who we are at the time of that, of, of that particular age, we lose a huge part of our innocence. And when we lose a huge part of our innocence, that adapted self starts to take over and it often bites us in the ass years, years, years and years later into our adulthood. For me, my adapted self became this person that clearly is not or was not who I truly was. And so I discovered that my adapted self was to be needless and wantless. So if I were to have needs or wants, something bad could happen to me, or I wouldn't get love and attention, or I would be put down. To not have needs at all, or, or if I did, I'd be a burden. My adapted self was to caretake and not take care of myself, because taking care of myself, I was literally called selfish. I was a selfish child so often growing up. So I realized, okay, being selfish is wrong, so I'm going to caretake everyone else but me, which is codependency 101, right? That's the root. That's the, the origin of codependency. It was also to not be free or spontaneous or artsy. And those are the things that I really enjoy doing. And I remember even at 10, 11 years old, I wanted to take piano and I learned piano and I also had lessons and I had acting classes. And I remember, and now at this point, my dad was remarried and they were both working. And so that required them to drive me from X place to X place. I remember that being very, very much a burden to them. Of course, the cost of my acting and the cost of taking piano lessons. So I did it, but I think I started to just grow and I really figured out probably by the time I was 12 that none of those things 
uh, had any value and it created a lot of strife in my family. So I really, by the time I was 12, I stopped doing all of those things. And I think the other adapted version of me was I, I had what I call marching orders that, and we all have some kind of subconscious marching orders that we gain to survive and thrive in our household. And for me, it was to be pretty and perfect and achievable or else I'm nothing. And again, being pretty and perfect meant that I could be, you know, good for someone else, for, for a man. And I was also quite the mediator of my family and uh, often the scapegoat of my family. So the scapegoat is, you've heard me talk about this, but the scapegoat child is often, quote, the trash can of the family. All of the family's problems are because of this one child. And then typically when there's a scapegoat child, there's a sibling that's the opposite, which is the golden child. And that was my brother. So these are all aspects of me that I took on, which was my adapted self. I grew further and further away from my authentic self. And I will say on a deeper, more spiritual level, the further we part from who we really are, the more trouble we encounter. All of the people and events in our lives are vibrationally matching our adapted selves versus our authentic selves. So that's pretty deep. And if you are following my Blessings of a Breakup, which is this kind of free email that you get if you sign up for it, you can go to my website, Blessings of a Breakup, but you will see that I talk about returning to self, returning to home, returning to God, returning to our higher power. And this, again, that's all in the realm of being one with our divine purpose and our authentic selves. If we are moving farther apart from who we really are, and then the more trouble we're finding we encounter, you're going to see that in two major domains in your life. One is romantic partnerships. So we're going to date a person who wants those qualities of our adapted selves, but not those of our authentic selves. So if you look back at your last dysfunctional relationship, think about when you first met and the connection you guys had, and then look back and ask how much of that connection was about your adapted self versus your authentic self. Or perhaps your partner thought your authentic qualities within you were amazing at first, but then as the relationship got a little bit more developed, they started to criticize you for them and started to put you down. But because you were so used to adapting as a child, you quickly learned to adapt to your partner's needs so that you don't lose the relationship. When people come to me and they're so upset about their breakup and their divorce and they're heartbroken, they often will look at this relationship and think about all the things that they did right, quote unquote, in the relationship. They are so confused as to where things went wrong and how could they have been betrayed? How could they have been cheated on? And so they'll be focusing only on that other person who did those things rather than looking at themselves. And this is the question I ask is, what part of you adapted to be with this person? 
what part of your adapted self was already established before you even met this person? Because we all see red flags early on. I mean, that's the beauty of relationships. We often see red flags. But you're avoiding a red flag could be an adapted trait in either it was my last podcast or the, pa- the, the podcast before, but I talk about this concept of nascent reason, which is the ability, the chi- a child's ability to actually know the truth and understand his or her truth very, very early on in life. But if that truth is constantly being put down or distorted by your siblings or your caregivers, then our own concept of who we are starts to become distorted. So if you are seeing these red flags because your nascent reason has now been distorted and thus adapted to fit into the realm of your family system, then you are very, very, very in tune with changing your truth very quickly. So you learn that early on. And this is the beauty of the breakthroughs that we have with breakups. This is why I love talking about breakups all the time, because it's a goldmine of information to look at our past. And when you can start to realize that whatever was done to you, whatever betrayal that may have happened in your relationship or whatever heartbreak you have around the ending of this relationship, by me sharing this information with you, you could hopefully then realize that, oh my God, I co-created this with this person because of your adapted self. So the second place where this adapted self shows up, I wish you were all live with me because I would ask you someone to raise their hand. Where do you think it is? It is in the workplace. It's in our professional lives. And this is why I believe so many people are struggling with their job finding joy in their job. It's because they entered into the workplace with their adapted self in charge versus their authentic self. And so for me, I think about if I had all of my authentic qualities nurtured by my parents, God knows where I would be. Um, I think I could have gone to some art school. I was very, very talented with music, but I learned again, I'm going to bring up that word value. I learned very early on that those aspects had no value. They were just almost fluff. And I remember, you know, the, the message of, well, if you're going to be an actor, you might as well be really good at waitressing or you're going to be living in poverty. I was never taught that those talents could actually make money for myself. So I always thought they were frivolous. And this is why so many people, myself included, have such a struggle with going down the creative realm in their lives, whether it's finding drawing or painting or anything creative or writing a book. So many people want, so many people want to write a book about their lives. And the reason why they're not willing to explore it is because that authentic side to them was very much criticized, put down, squashed, whatever the word is, because it was not seen as it had any value. So value means something much bigger and could potentially be a dollar value, but it's also the value of who you are as a person. So for me, when I departed, by the time I was in middle school and high school, I never auditioned for acting. I did sing in a choir, but I never wanted to do a solo. I mean, I 
absolutely was terrified to sing in front of anyone, a solo, or I wanted to audition for some of the roles of the school play, but I actually chose to always do the stage management. I always worked behind the scenes because that's what felt safe for me. As we go into our careers and all of the things that we may have wanted or dreamed of doing as kids, so many of us don't actually go and do that. And it happened to me as well, right? So my father was a business guy, a finance guy, and into marketing. And my brother took his path as well. But I really do believe that that was my brother's authentic self, hence the golden child. I was the scapegoat. And I thought, well, I, got, I guess I have to follow suit. So when I graduated from college with a degree in journalism, and I loved it, I was very good at writing, I was so terrified of looking for a job in journalism. I mean, I tried. But all of the jobs were either the lowest paying forms you could ever think of, or they were internships being unpaid. And I, I was my creativity and all of my writing had no value in my mind. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to take a job that is better paying. So that's actually how I got into marketing. And I worked in an ad agency in the PR agency world. So it had bits and pieces of that creative aspect. But you know what? I never once applied to be a copywriter or to be in the creative departments. I was always in the account executive business development side of things. And again, I didn't know what I was doing. And I would make, you know, I remember being in my 20s and I was making pretty good money. But that first job I ever had, I mean, I felt as though my soul was dying. I left college and got myself into this career, and I so badly wanted to get out and go back to grad school. I wanted to get into broadcast journalism, but I remember telling that to my father, and he said, well, if you're getting into broadcast, you might as well be a weather woman because that's what the pretty girls do, or you're going to be living in Omaha. And to anyone who lives in Omaha, that's not a dig at you, but that's <laughs> was a dig for my father. You know, he would always say, if you're going to live in bumfuck nowhere and go ahead, you're going to be making no money and doing that. So every dream I ever had was kind of killed or squashed. And again, this is not to make my father look like a bad guy. I really believe that he just didn't know how to offer me parenting or guidance if it wasn't in alignment with his authentic self. So I adapted my authentic self adapted from my authentic self into something new and something that just wasn't who I am. That was really more my father. And throughout my entire career, I struggled and I was completely miserable. And it wasn't until my divorce, going through it and divorcing a narcissist, did I go right back to my authentic self. And I had to, I had to write, I had to write about what I went through. And it didn't even matter. And I remember I opened up a Word document and started writing little articles or blogs about what it was like to divorce a narcissist. And then I decided to pitch it to Huffington Post. And then my first article got published. And it was the greatest, most amazing feeling ever because it was fully in alignment 
with who I was. And I thought, how the hell am I going to make money doing this? Because to me, it had no value. I didn't even think about it. When I started to kind of get away from this agency world that I was in, this ad agency world, and started to dabble and put my toes into this concept of writing or coaching, God, can you imagine what my father said? It was awful. So even as adult children, as I call ourselves, we are so badly looking for our parents' validation and support. And so many of us don't get it. And so we go right back into that adapted self and we struggle. Romantically and professionally, these are the two biggest areas where our adapted selves show up. And I invite you today to think about where your adapted self is still playing a huge role and what about your authentic self where is he or she today? Because I really believe that this part of us is like a pilot light in an oven that never really goes out. We may not see the flame on the stove, may not be activated right now, but that part of us within us and who we really are, I don't think can ever die, not even when our physical bodies die. I believe that's just something that gets carried with us. It's, it's part of our spirit. And no person and no partnership, no work, no horrible boss, no boyfriend or girlfriend can ever take that from you. And so when you start to say out loud and you put it out there vibrationally that this person took that from you, I want you to try to just rephrase and readjust what you just said and claim ownership because no one took that from you. You adapted quickly in order to save said relationship, in order to save said job, in order to save said salary or position. So you might be asking me, all right, Lindsay, well, if I'm in a shitty job, what do I do? One of my biggest advice that I give to clients who, who struggle with this is just scratch that itch. If there's something that you've always wanted to do, you don't have to quit your current job in order to do it but just scratch the itch just a little bit. The way I opened up a Word document and just started writing. And then something else will come and something else will come. And so this is, again, another spiritual aspect of what I believe in. When we start to become in alignment with who we really are, things start to become, we become a vibrational match to newer things because we're in full alignment. When we are not in full alignment, we become a vibrational match with someone else who is also not fully in alignment with who they are. And if I were to look, I remember doing this exercise a long time ago that I was struggling with guys and I was just like dating losers. <laughs> and this is years ago, it's right after my divorce. Um, but I was in a job, this is a pre-coaching world. I was in a job that I freaking hated. It was so stressful. I hated my boss. I loved the work but I, oh my God, just, it was just this toxic work environment. And then I looked at all the guys that I were dating that I kept calling losers. And I recognized they were losers because they really didn't have a job. They were one foot in and one foot out. And even though I had a pretty good job and I was, um, it was a high paying job and I was a vice president at the time, I recognized that soulfully and spiritually, I was also one foot in and one foot out. So the minute I got out of that situation 
and started going into a different path by scratching this itch and cultivating more creative work. And I became happier with my job. All of those losers just suddenly didn't stop. They stopped showing up because I was no longer in a vi with a vibrational match of someone who was also one foot in and one foot out. So that is your uh, invitation for, for the week of what I, I'd love for you to think about, your adapted self versus your authentic self. Shoot me a note, comment on my website, and let me know how this episode might have made you think a little bit differently. And of course, if you want to dive deeper into this, this is all about my Breakup Breakthrough course. And I have an application page where you can apply to join me on a breakthrough call to see if you're a good fit for the program. Click on the link to learn more and I'll be seeing you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you sign up for your free subscription to Blessings of a Breakup, where you will receive daily spiritual guidance on getting out of your pain and back to who you really are. Go to my website at lindsayellison.com.